Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Praise God. You doing good? Great to see you in the house of God. Uh, Why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, I lift up every man, every woman to you. Every child in our kids' space, every person that would watch online. Holy Spirit, I am needful of your help. Your people are needful of a fresh oil. And so I ask now in the, whole, in the name of Jesus that a wisdom from God would flow, that people would be able to hear the Word, but not just hear it. They'd be able to see it. They'd be able to feel it. I pray that it would anchor deeper into their souls. I pray that it would equip them for the days ahead. I pray that strength and wisdom and grace would pour out on your people. Oh, in Jesus' name, I see champions rising in this house. I see men and women getting unstuck. I see mighty men and mighty women of God rising in this house. And I thank you for it in advance. I prophesy people just continuing to grow and continuing to grow and not to stop, Father, but to run the race they're called to run in Jesus' name. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I declare today your word over my life. I can become all you desire. Thank you for loving me the way you do. In your mighty name I pray. And at Church Alive said, Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand one more time? Praise God. Praise God. Hey, slap your neighbor. Tell them they're good looking and people like them. As you grab your seat. How many value fatherhood? How many value fatherhood? I do want to point out a couple of books that have affected me over the years. And whether you're a reader or at least a listener, how many thank God for Audible? If you're not a reader, there's always Audible. And if you're not a reader, there's even summaries of books these days. But I want to point out four great books, Raising Giant Killers by Bill Johnson. This is an incredible, incredible book. I literally wanted to underline almost every line, which is impressive. The Intentional Father by John Tyson. If you are a father and you have a son who's probably 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, get this book right away. Um, man, what an absolute gift to the body of Christ this is. Raising Modern Day Knights. Um, is also a great book. And then Mansfield's book of manly men. You'll read this book and just feel more manly. Uh, it really is a great, great book. And, um, but I want to talk to you today on a father's charge. A father's charge, act like men. Someone say, act like men. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the most important conversations in our lives, we don't realize they're the most important conversations of our lives? If you ever watch movies and you watch a movie and there's often, you know, there's piano in the background and there's some, you know, musician and they've set the stage right for these important conversations and it's cool, but they capture the moment, but you always know it's an important moment because they play the piano behind you and stuff. And how many know life isn't like that? And it's not always beautifully said, even though it's vital and it's important. 
If someone's ever given me great advice, I've rarely had a piano in the background as they were giving me advice. I'm like, oh, I need to hear this now because I know in the context of my life, this is important. But if we'll have hearts to actually listen and hearts to hear some of the most important conversations of our lives, I would um, want to encourage you that some of the most important conversations of your life are perhaps in moments that you didn't want to hear it. So I want you to check out this quick clip from Rocky because it's Father's Day and every father should watch Rocky (laughs) on Father's Day. So here you go. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah. In a way, you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, This kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. Don't forget to visit your mother. I love that. Someone say important conversations. What I love about this moment of father and son moment is that he is really calling him out of the excuses. 
He's calling him out of blaming something else, someone else. What's interesting to me about this discussion, it isn't Rocky's failures that are his hindrances. It is actually Rocky's successes. This tells me this, that you and I can easily, in our own mind, write a manuscript of victimhood, whether our dad was a failure or a success. And he tells him, listen, I need you to come out of that cowardice and I need you to, in essence, act like a man. Go visit your mother. It's good, isn't it? You know, I grew up doing a fair bit of athletics and my family um, was pretty quick, actually, pretty fast. You know, I, I can't sing. Um, I don't administrate very well. I pretty much have no dancing ability. Um, there's a lot of things I don't have, but my family was fairly fast, and so athletics was a big deal to us. And I went to a Christian school in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade in Adelaide, Australia, and you compete in lots of different events. But one of the events we used to compete in, which I used to love, was the four by 100 meter relay, and we would train on that. We'd actually spend time trying to pass the baton to the others, because how many know, it doesn't matter how fast you are, unless you pass that baton on well, it is not going to go well. And so relay are pretty simple. Run fast, but pass the baton on well. Run fast, but pass the baton on well. Run fast and stay in your lane and pass the baton on well. I started thinking about that simple concept around fatherhood, that in essence, fatherhood is a lot like running a relay. You actually need to run fast, stay in your lane, and actually pass the baton on well to your son. Are you with me? The Christian life is a lot like that. Not just fatherhood, but run your race. Someone say, run my race. Everyone has a race to run. You've got to stay in your lane. Don't watch what everyone else has or doesn't have. And, but you've got to run well. But guess what? Discipleship is passing the baton on well. Passing faith on well. Passing wisdom on well. Sometimes passing correction on well. That is the essence of Christianity is following after Jesus and passing it on. Are you with me? We're going to dive into a passage of Scripture in 1 Kings where the baton is actually about to be dropped. It is interesting to me that King David is so good in so many things. He is an athlete. He is a giant slayer. He is actually an a army tactician. He is a poet. He is a musician. He is gifted in so many ways. But in essence, he is not a great father. He has actually failed some of his sons quite badly. And one of those is Adonijah. And the Bible says about him that he never restrained him. He, he never actually disciplined his own son. Now, here's the thing. He had 20 sons. That's a busy boy, isn't it? He had 20 sons and one daughter. And, and theologians even say there may be more and, and so forth. And it's interesting. And one of his sons kills the other son. So it was not all peace and harmony in his family. Adonijah is literally killed and Absalom is killed, but he's about to pass on the baton of manhood and kingship. And it's such an important text that I think we should spend a little time in it on this Father's Day. What do you think? First Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Really, 
Pastor Fernando gave a great word just around giving and the Apostle Paul echoes what David is about to say, but let's jump into the text. He says, I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said, so be strong. Someone say, so be strong. And act like a man. Someone say, act like a man. Have you ever heard someone say, don't act like a fool? If you... If he says to him, act like a man, how many know that it is action that defines manhood then? Let me say that again. It is action that defines manhood. It's not just that you are a man. It is that you are to act like a man. And then he goes on to say this in verse 3, And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands and laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this. Someone say do this. Watch this. So that. Someone say so that. Do this so that. How many of you know there's always a promise and then there's, okay, do this so you get the promise. So do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep His promise to me, if your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. David has literally run his race. He is at the end of his life, and he is literally passing on the baton to Solomon. And Solomon is kind of like, yeah, Dad, I'm about to go. And as he he does that, he is literally saying, be strong, act like a man and honor the Lord. And here's the thing, there will be a great promise to you and your descendants if you do that. Are you with me, Church Alive? Listen to what Mansfield's Book of Manly Men writes about this particular text. He says, these are the last recorded words of one of the greatest kings to ever live. Of all he might have said to his son with his final breath, he chose to instruct him to be a man. And then he says this, they are words we should never forget. He goes on to write this about this text true manliness is about the determination to act according to a noble definition of what it means to be a man this is within the reach of every man sometimes manhood is seen as chest puffed out somehow manhood is seen as making a certain amount of money and all these kinds of things and somehow when sometimes there there isn't what you would call the <sighs> particular definition of perhaps what has been displayed in Hollywood and The Rock and different things, sometimes men disqualify themselves by themselves from manhood. But let's dive into what true manhood is. So I want to give you hope and encouragement today that all of us can grow to be greater men. And ladies, there's some lessons for you here too, just in case you're like, I didn't know it's just for the men today. How many know every time you hear the Word of God, you've got something to learn? Yeah. Amen. How can we emulate true manhood if we don't know what the picture looks like? Because broken pictures lead to broken men. And broken men lead to broken women. And broken women lead to broken families. It is of utmost importance what we are talking about today. Someone say, I can grow. Come on, say, I can grow. Someone say, I must grow. Someone say, I can become more. 
I will become more. In Jesus' name. One of the core values of our church is always Jesus first. Three words, always Jesus first. But I have found that if we don't actually define who Jesus is and who Jesus was, how many know you can say, oh, hey, Jesus first and live like the devil. And every once in a while, just quote Jesus. What does it mean to have always Jesus first? It means to study, to stare at him, spend time in his presence. Why do, we, why do we do songs? Why do we do worship? We don't just do worship to warm up to the preaching. We do worship to invite his presence. Because how many know when his presence comes, everything does change. When his presence is invited and honored into a, a place where the people of God are, it actually softens, it strengthens, it imparts wisdom. It, it takes off us sometimes the scales of doubt and unbelief. It lifts begins to infuse faith into us that's why we spend time with him that's why we read and study and 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 uh, and hear the word of God so that we can be changed because we are becoming what we stare at but how how do we act like men how do we act like men number one we act with courage listen and watch how Jesus modeled this. Matthew 26, verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. It took courage to go to the cross. Manhood then is the reflection of Jesus because Jesus is the reflection of God. And how many of you know we're made in the image and likeness of God? Sin has tarnished that image. But if I'm going to follow Jesus eventually, I'm going to become more courageous. I'm going to have to say, Father, I don't want to and I'm scared to do it, but I'm doing it anyway. That's courage. It isn't feeling courage. It's normally feeling fear. And then doing it anyway. Theologians actually tell us that when Christ was at the Garden of Gethsemane, He knew the Scriptures. He knew Isaiah 53. And He knew what was about to partake. And theologians tell us it was like a horror of mind. It was like a bad movie that you'd already seen, but you realize you're the one who's about to get killed. You ever watch that, that, that scary movie and, and you can tell the scary music music starts to play and you're like, girl, why are you going into the garage by yourself? Don't go near garages. It's music time. Don't you hear it? And you want to say, no. And Christ is moving into the Garden of Gethsemane, but he's already watched the movie. He's read the Scriptures. And so it was not a fun time to be Christ, but Christ actually rejects fear and rejects what he doesn't want to do and he doesn't want to be. And he says, Father, if there's some other way, let's find it right now. But even if there is no other way, let me run into it. How many know that's courage? Courage, Winston Churchill said, is rightly esteemed the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. I've been saying to our men recently, there are four faces revealed in the scriptures, the lion, the ox, the eagle, and the man. There is four faces in the presence of God in the book of Ezekiel. There is four faces in the book of Revelation. And there is four attributes or four really almost beings that men are actually meant to reflect. And one of those is a lion, and that means courage. 
How do you become more courageous? Do stuff you're afraid to do. Do stuff you're afraid to do. Don't have a Christianity where you never do anything you're afraid to do. Are you afraid to step into leadership? Step into leadership. Are you afraid sometimes? I remember giving. Remember, I remember, my goodness, I was 18 years old and the Lord had told me, you're going to America. And then he's like, okay, I want you to give this X amount of money away. I'm like, okay. Uh, and I remember when the offering bucket, I never paid any attention to the offering bucket before, but when I gave $434 into the offering bucket of my old church in Australia and I had $4 left, I watched that offering bucket go away. I was like, there it goes. And the Lord said to me, are you going to trust me or are you going to trust you? And later I can look back on that moment as one of the greatest moments where God taught me faith, but I was scared as I was giving it. I then end up getting a scholarship worth $43,400 from a university. I think I paid $900 for college. That's it. <laughs> Tessa. How would you like to exchange that bill? You're like, I'm with you. Someone say courage. Someone say manhood is the embracing of courage. Sometimes when men have not had fathers, especially when men have not had fathers and their wife gets pregnant or even it's a pregnancy that they did not plan and their girlfriend gets pregnant it is the fear that grips the heart of man he's like I didn't have a father how could I be a father but if you'll stop blaming the father that wasn't there and become the father you needed you will actually be all that you need to be in Jesus name David was a man of courage, but in his fatherhood lessons, he actually lacked it. He fails to discipline his son, Adonijah, and we don't know if it's because he's too busy or he's too much of leadership, but perhaps his own father beat him too bad. And then he's like, nah, I'm never going to touch my son. I'm never going to discipline him that way. But you know, it actually takes courage sometimes to discipline your children. Because you're not sure. You're kind of like, oh, it would be easier to let them just watch TV and watch their iPads and just let them watch whatever they want to watch. Everyone else is doing it. Have you ever noticed that? Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. If everyone was going off the cliff, everyone else has got an iPad. Everyone else is on iPhone. Everyone else, everyone else. Who cares what everyone else is doing? <laughs> How do we act like men? We live with courage. How do we act like men? We live with heaven's vision. Someone say heaven's vision. I hope you have vision for your business. I hope you have vision for your life. I hope you have all of that. But let me just tell you and encourage you, have heaven's vision. It's better. It's bigger. Listen to what John 17 verse 20 says. My prayer is not for them alone, he says. This is Jesus praying at the end of his ministry, at the end of his life. He's about to go to the cross. And he says, I pray also. Someone say also. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. What was Jesus doing? He was modeling the eagle. He was seeing with heaven's vision. It's not just about you. 
just because your faith is doing okay, just because your family's doing okay. It's not just about you. You've got to live with a bigger vision. And that's the essence of manhood, that we live with a bigger vision in mind. Why do I call men to men's prayer? Because I want you to stop praying just for you and I need you to start praying for other men. Come on, someone. I spoke over 252 the weekend. I spoke over the men of our weekend. I said, today, today, at this moment, there was lots of men there. It was super encouraging. I was encouraged by it. It had the touch of God on it, but I felt in my heart I had to tell the men, this is the smallest that this will ever be. Because I keep feeling in my heart God stirring me to believe Him for more. That's heaven's vision. Listen, young people, don't just live with your vision. Live with heaven's vision. Say, Father, what do you have for me in my work, in my family, in my life? Allow the moving of the Spirit of God to get on you so you have heaven's vision. One of the primary signs of the Spirit of God moving in your life is you stop just caring about you and you start caring about others. Pray for the next generation. Think of the next generation. How do we act like men? We live lives of service. Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? A lot of people are like, Pastor, I don't know what to do with my life. Serve. You're like, where should I serve? I, I, God hasn't sent Gabriel. God has, hasn't sent the, the archangel Michael to show me what I'm to do. Start somewhere. Uh, not sure what to do. start somewhere. How many know moving a car while it's moving is easier? Steering it. You have to get that thing moving. You have to get that thing moving. Start serving somewhere. Serve your family. Serve in your workplace. Serve in the house of God. Serve in the community. As you give, you serve. As you pray, you serve. That is serving. Are you with me, church? The question shouldn't be, do you serve, but where? The question shouldn't be, should I serve? It's, who do I serve? The essence of greater manhood is greater responsibility. I heard this interesting story of Navy SEALs recently going through BUDS training. It is one of the most grueling training in the world. They weed out everyone. And I heard this interesting story. It said, he asked this question, who makes it through BUDS? And the answer was this, it wasn't the, the star college athletes. And you're like, what do you mean? I mean, there's so many amazing college athletes. He says, it wasn't the guy with a huge chest and big tattoos. It wasn't the guy who was tougher than anyone and was there to prove himself. Here's what's interesting, what they said about the Navy SEALs who make it. Some of them are skinny and scrawny men who shiver in fear. But here's what they said. It's the man who finds within himself when he is exhausted, the desire deep within himself to help the man next to him. Those are the men who make it through Navy SEALs. So let me just say to us today... Don't just show up to church when you need something. That's the start, but start to look around. Who can I encourage? Who can I bless? Who can I be a blessing to? And eventually you'll actually become a little bit more than you are today. All of us can grow in manhood and the way we grow in manhood and womanhood is we actually serve. Jesus said the greatest would be what? 
the servant. How do we act like men? We grow in love. Second Peter chapter 1. For this very reason, verse 5, make every effort. Someone say, make every effort. That means it's not just going to happen, is it? Make every effort. God saves us, but he says, now make every effort. That means I've got to follow. I've got to follow Jesus. I've got to follow his ways. I've got to follow his word. He says, make every effort to add to your faith. What? Come on, help me out here, church. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. What? And to goodness. What? Knowledge. And to knowledge, he says, what? And to self-control and to perseverance. Godliness and to godliness, he goes on to say this in verse 7. He says, and to mutual affection, love. You know, I grew up in Australia until I was 19. And, you know, I have a very English, Scottish background. England, English people are kind of known stiff upper lip. They would send their kids off to boarding school and they wouldn't even cry as, as parents. I kind of imagine that, Steve. I mean, you send your kids to Kids Alive and Steve cries. <laughs> Maybe the first time, I'm kidding. Not very emotional. They'd shake their hands, never hug. They'd never tell another man they love them. But here's what I found to grow in love, actually, is to grow first in mutual affection. How do you become more loving? Give it away. You actually have to give it away. And sometimes you have to give it away even while you're feeling like, ah, oh, this is outside my comfort zone. You ever hug someone and you're like, this was outside my comfort zone? Years ago, I had uh, Paul Silver come up to me and he knew that I didn't really love hugs. I wasn't a hug guy. Some guys are hug guys. I appreciate you. But I didn't grow up like that. Paul Silver came up to me and he knew that I hated it and someone was filming it. He starts hugging me and then he wasn't going to let go. And I was like, oh, this is getting awkward. He was like hugging me for 40 seconds. I had to fight him. I was literally squeezing his trapezius muscle so he'd let me go. And what's interesting over time is that actually how you grow in love is you give more love away. And you encourage someone and you tell them what they're doing well. And you, you, you give a little bit more affection than you're used to giving affection. You've, sometimes men have to break out of your shell of fear. I don't need it. That's not the way I'm born. But you just start to give mutual affection away. And actually over time you grow more loving. I heard an interesting story many years ago. Actually, I was talking to a man. And he looks at me, he was a Polish man. Polish men know me pretty tough. He says to me, you tell your girlfriend you love her? <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been dating, I don't know, two, three years at the time. He says, I never do this. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me and says, I married my wife. I tell her I love her one time in five years. He's like, she cry. And I wanted to say, everyone would cry being married to you, sir. <laughs> How many of you know you need to break out of sometimes what was a cultural norm to be cold? And to tell people, love you, encourage you. Pastor Fernando does that to me all the time. He, he'll give me a hug. He's like, yeah, I love you. I'm like, all right, do I have to tell you every time? I mean... I tell my wife every time. I didn't need to tell you every time. 
<laughs> you know, one of the greatest things I actually found in the rites of passage wasn't just for the father and son moment. The Lord's calling. <laughs> He's telling you to be more loving. <laughs> In the rite of passage, it wasn't just the father and son moments, and it's such an honor to create those moments for fathers and sons. But it was actually that the hearts of men would soften, I found, towards one another because they weren't used to championing and encouraging one another. But as we champion and encourage one another, it's like it softens our hearts to one another. And now all of a sudden we want the best and we hope for the best for the man next to us because his success is not taking away from my success. In actual fact, if it's your success, guess what? You actually go on to succeed and then you teach me how to succeed and I teach you how to succeed and together we actually become more successful. If we want the best for one another, we champion one another. That's why the house of God should be a house of encouragement. The house of God should be one of the most encouraging places you've ever been. But sometimes what we traditionally learn or culturally learn is we walk into church and walk out of church. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to get into my car and I just want to, I just want to beat the traffic. Well, was your goal beat the traffic or was your goal to connect to people? I just came here for Jesus. No, you can go meet Jesus by yourself. You actually don't come to church just for Jesus. You come here for Jesus and for people. So showing up into a service, and I, and I get it. That's how sometimes it takes time, and I get that. If, man, if you're new, I'm just glad you're showing up. I, I get that, but how many you know we need to keep growing? I pray that, my faith is stronger in five years from now. My love is stronger in five years from now than it is today because I need to keep growing, not just to be a man, rah, rah, but to be a loving, wise man. That's manhood, to keep growing. How many of you know you can become more? Come on, how many of you know you can become more? So listen to these words again from King David. He says, so be strong and act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to Him. I found over time that broken pictures lead to broken men. But let me tell you one more time what the picture of manhood truly is. It's to be more like a lion, that's courage. It's to be more like an eagle, that's vision. It's to be more like an ox, that's a servant is to be more like a man that's loving. Let me close with this thought. I remember a few conversations with my father. My father encouraged me I was gonna leave college after two years and my father was like, son, it's, you need to finish what you started. And at the time, you know, my dad had some pretty interesting issues and so even when he sat me down I wasn't sure I was going to listen to him but I was glad I sat down and listened to him because he gave me some solid advice but I remember this moment like it was yesterday I was running track in eighth grade or something like that and I was I was running the 800 meters and around the 400 meters I was just running slow because I was getting ready for something else and all of a sudden over the crowd of people I hear my father come on champ and I feel like that's a message to men. Come on, champ. Act 
Come on, Jeff, there's more in you. You can become more. Don't just run half-hearted. Don't just run a little bit. Give it 100%. Give your life 100%. Give God 100%. Become more than you are today. How many of you want to become more than you are today? You can actually become greater, but it's not about you becoming greater. It's about Him becoming greater in you. And my father said, come on, champ. And it made me run faster. And it made me stop listening to my friends who were having a bad influence on me at the time. But I think that call, come on champs, should speak to every man in here. You can forget your past. Let's move forward. Let's grow in vision. Let's grow in courage. Let's grow in love. Let's grow in service. Come on champ. Heaven is shouting. Heaven is calling. Heaven's calling for champions to rise. There are the greatest dads in this room that can rise. You may have never had a dad, but you can become more. Come on, do you believe it? Come on, do you really believe it? Father, I thank you. I thank you for every man. I thank you for every wonderful lady here. I speak the blessing of God over them in the name of Jesus, not by my power, not by my might, but by your power and by your might. I speak over them blessings. I speak over their mind and heart courage. I speak over their heart, Lord, just a fresh faith and a fresh vision in this place. Lord, breathe upon your sons. Breathe upon your daughters in this place. Breathe upon that person watching online who's literally struggling with depression, who's literally locked themselves away right now. In the name of Jesus, I tell you, don't hide in your cave. Come out of your cave. Be around people. It's so necessary. God's God's calling you. That's enough today. You need to be in the house of God. That's enough today. Staying alone and staying isolated. Forget the past. Move on. Move on. There's someone, there's a word in season. Listen to me right now. There's someone online today and you're still stuck at home. Still stuck at home. Still stuck in the past. It's time. It's time to come home. It's time to be in the Father's presence, but it's time to be around the people of God. I break the spirit of fear off your life in the name of Jesus. And I call you courageous. And I call you strong today. In Jesus' name. With eyes closed all across this place. You may be in this place. You may be new. You may have grown up Catholic, Christian, or non-religious. Might be the first time you've ever stepped in church, ever. A friend invited you. It's a bit different. Let me just tell you the simplicity. We have a Father that loves us so much that He'd send His best for us. He sent Himself. He sent Jesus to live a perfect life, die a sacrificial death, but then rise bodily. And He says, if you believe in me, I'll give you abundant life. If you believe in me, I will forgive your sin. If you believe in me, I'll be the bridge to eternal life. If you believe in me, I've done the work. I've paid the debt. Now it's time to believe in me. Holy Spirit, elevate faith in this house. Right now, elevate Jesus in this house. May people be born again right now in this house. Right here, right now. Father, I thank you. You are the resurrection and the life. And I ask you now. 
Let faith arise in this house right now to receive you, but to follow you all the days of their life. I thank you. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. And if you know you're far away from God, if you know you've never received Christ, there's two calls. I'm going to pray for two types of people. One, if you've never received Christ, you've never put your faith in Him today, we're going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is going to lead your heart to put your faith in Him. Or for some of you, you've ran away, slipped away, fell away. Man, maybe it's been years since you felt like you've had a relationship with God. But all across this place, that can change today because of the grace of God. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for loving me so much that Jesus hung on a cross, died for my sin, paid the price. I believe He rose from the dead. I believe that me being a child of God is the greatest privilege on the planet. Help me walk with you. Help me know you. In Jesus' name. If you meant business with God today, either first time you've said yes to Christ, or two, you felt so far away and you know you need to come back, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, raise it up high, just long enough and high enough for me to see it. Raise your hand all across this place. All across this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. All across this place. Thank you. Hands going up all over. That's awesome today. That's awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else today? Come on. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let fear stop you. All across this place. Raise your hand. Let me know. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else today? This hand's going up all across this place. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father. I thank you for every life, every hand, every person. Would you bless them and strengthen them? Would you give them, and uh, Lord, your vision for their life? Help us not get stuck. Help us keep pushing forward into all that you have for us. Bless every family and marriage, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And the church alive said, come on, would you give Jesus a hand one more time?